Hey guys, in today's episode of the Trading Coach Podcast, we're going to talk about how and when to get started with your trading. Should you settle for doing a lot of things kind of okay or doing one thing really, really well? Should you wait until you're fully ready? Should you go when you're partially ready? Join us for the conversation. Check it out. Is identifying those minor levels that are worth looking for trades. Major structure isn't as difficult for me. Maybe it's only worth trading at major levels. Then, if you're if you're good at identifying major levels and not good at identifying minor levels, perhaps the solution is only trading at major levels. Therefore, you're only trading at the levels that you are the best at identifying, and you're avoiding trading the levels that you are not good at identifying. It's kind of like if, if a trader is learning advanced pattern formation, they're like, man, I'm good at identifying Gartleys. I'm good at identifying bats, but I stink at identifying ciphers. Is it worth it to trade ciphers if you're not good at identifying them? Probably not. Probably better to trade the stuff that you're better at. And then one day you may become good at ciphers as you get more practice and experience, and that can always be at it. So same thing like structure, right? As you get more experience in the market, maybe you get better at, and you probably will, but you get better at identifying the minor levels of structure. And that could be the next part of your plan where now you have the ability to not just trade at major levels, but now you can also trade at minor levels because the the skill has caught up. It's not too often that price gets to any of those major. Yeah, that's true. See, the problem is, though, you're, you're so worried about frequency. That you're willing to sacrifice the thing you're willing to sacrifice your trading for frequency. I would be more worried about can I get in the best opportunities versus how many opportunities I can get in, right? But it seems like you're a little bit the opposite. You're 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 looking like, hey, I'd rather try to do something that I'm not good at to have more trading opportunities versus take the best opportunities, but only with the things that I'm good at. Because every conversation we have, it always goes back to, yeah, but there's not, there's not enough. There's not enough trades. There's not enough trades. Everyone, right? There's not enough trades. There's not enough trades. And we talked about different ways to get, if you want to get more trades, what are, what are some different ways we can get more trades, guys? Which shouldn't be the goal, by the way. But what are some ways to, to, get, to get more trades? And again, if you're new, the goal wasn't to get more trades. You can trade more pairs. Trade more pairs. Trade a lower time frame. Right? We got all these pairs, right? We got how many, what? 20-something pairs you can trade in Forex? Maybe you take a few of them away for spread. But trade, trade a 20-pair portfolio. If you're only looking for specific levels and... Those levels aren't hit all too often. Trade trade a 20-pair portfolio instead of trading a, a, a five-pair. But the question you got to ask yourself, is it is it worth doing something that you're not good at yet just to have more frequency? Probably not, because what you're looking to do is you're looking to do more of what you're not good at. Which if we take the 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 business example i always use where it's like hey we're running a a restaurant a fast food shack and we serve hot dogs hamburgers and fish and if i go through my numbers and i see that 
No one's buying my fish sandwiches, but everyone loves the hot dogs. Hamburgers are all right. Why would I invest more time, more capital into buying more fish if no one's actually buying it? If I'm not good at making fish sandwiches, right? Would it not be, not be more beneficial to my trading or to my business if I were to eliminate the fish sandwich and then use the capital that I was investing in my fish sandwiches and put it more towards my hamburger, which is my top seller. That would seem to make more business sense. So it's very similar in trading, right? Ultimately, we want to do more of what we're good at and less of what we're bad at. Especially at first. Because we're usually pretty bad at a lot of things at first as traders, right? As traders, we're not really good at first. Usually when we first get started, that's the worst we'll ever be, and then we'll get better. So it's very important when we start trading that we only want to invest time and money in the things that we are best at, right? When I started trading, and again, when I started my, my final good go around at trading, not when I first started trading, because I was doing all the bad things, all of the bad things. I did bad things you guys couldn't even think about. But when I first got on the right track of trading, I just traded a single strategy, right? Because my mentor taught me one strategy. He said one strategy, one pair, one time frame, right? I traded a single strategy. And then over time, as I learned and got better, I added other things and added other things and added other things. So my, my advice would always be to find what you're best at. And it's not always the best trading result, but it's best at like identification. Like, so if, like, again, if you can't find a head and shoulders to save your life, it, it, maybe it's not worth looking for head and shoulders. If you can identify ascending and descending triangles really good, focus on that, even if it's less profitable. But find one thing that you're good at. Do that one thing really good. If you're doing that one thing really good, you're going to make money doing that one thing really good. And then while you're making money doing that one thing really good, now you can start investing time in your continued education and start learning something else that you can be really good at. While you're making money doing the first thing that's really good. Then you take that second thing that you've become good at. And now you're doing two things really good and you're making money off of doing two things. And now you add that third thing. Right. Again, going back to the, the fast food restaurant example. If my plan is I want to have a fast food restaurant that ultimately serves three type of sandwiches. Hamburgers, hot dogs, and fish. If I'm already an established hamburger maker, I'm going to open that restaurant and just serve the best hamburgers. And I'm going to be really good at serving those hamburgers. I'm going to grow up my customer base by serving those hamburgers. And while I'm making money serving those hamburgers, I'll be training whoever I just hired to make hot dogs. Not that you need to be trained to make hot dogs, but let's say you are. I'm going to train them to make hot dogs, but I'm not going to put my whole business on hold until I have my perfect hamburger, perfect hot dog and perfect fish. Because assuming I've already bought the land, I've leased the land, I should say, assuming I'm, I'm paying for everything, right? I'm just burning money by not doing anything. So I want that business open and making some type of cash flow. And then I'll grow the other things next, right? 
I mean, look at even like McDonald's and stuff like that, how they've adjusted over the years, right? McDonald's was basically just, here's our hamburger. This is how you get it. Then they went to a habit your own way. Then they started implementing like chicken nuggets. Now they do salads and baked potatoes and all this other stuff, right? Have your one thing that works while it's making you money. Get good at the other things. Duncan says, my goal was 3.5% a month. The internet's going to laugh at you, Duncan. 3.5% a month? I do that in an hour, every hour, on the hour, Duncan. You should just stop trading. Um, <laughs> I now respond to those people. I said, I would like you to do the math and, and tell me what that actually equates to. I think you'll surprise yourself. For people that are like, yeah, I do. I do 10% a week every week. I'm like, just do the math on that and then let me know if you believe yourself. Do you believe yourself when you do 10% a week every week for 52 weeks? Just, just here's a calculator. Tell me what, tell me what that equals. And then you tell me if you even believe yourself. <laughs> I think half these people don't, don't actually know what number, well, they don't know how money works, but they don't know what these numbers actually mean. I'm like, you realize if you were doing that, first of all, if you were actually doing that, you wouldn't be telling anyone that you're doing that. I don't know about you guys, right? If I were making, well, I don't tell people my personal business anyway, but let's say I, I was a person that was like that. If I'm making 10% a week, every week, I'm not telling nobody. You know why? Because do I have any need to waste time on the internet? No. If I'm making 10% a week, I'm pretty sure all of my energy is going towards making that 10% a week every week. I'm pretty sure I don't have a family. Because I feel like you have to ignore your family and anything social to, to make 10% a week every week. I feel like there's no distractions. I, I am, it, it is, it is a, 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 a dark room with monitors. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Zero distractions. I'm like, I'm like Darren in the morning in his cave. But, um, real quick, Dungus says, uh, Goal is to make 3.5% a month. Uh, if I can do that in two quality trades, I'll take that over 50 trades where most fails. Yeah. And that's the thing. If, again, and, it, and it's, you think about it like this, and, and Tony just came in. Tony's a good example, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're trading 20 pairs and 80 million strategies, right? This is the point that people don't see. Um, you have to chop up your risk a lot, right? Think about it like this. If, if you're trading 20 pairs, and there's probably no chance of you ever being in 20 trades at once. But let's say there is, an there is a chance that you're in half those trades at once, right? Think about what your risk has to be for you not to be overexposed, right? Can you, can you risk 3% on a trade? If you have the potential of being in three trades at the same time? Or not three trades, uh, 10 trades at the same time? Are you willing to take on 30% risk at once? No, right? So you've probably got to cut down your position size a little bit for safety measures. And that's going to affect your average win. Now, if Duncan is trading two pairs, right? He's focused on two pairs. He can only do two pairs at once. He can have his normal risk on there. And his normal risk is going to help his normal reward. So those are the moving parts that people people also don't see, right? As you as you grow your portfolio, you have to reduce your position size for safety reasons, right? You can't just be risking 
3% on a trade if you're trading one pair, and all of a sudden you're trading 20 pairs, you can't have that risk on there at once. That's too much. You can't be that risky. You'll be like Akil and lose $30,000 in a week because <laughs> all the yen pairs tanked at the same time. Hmm. Similar. So that's, that's the part you got to think about as well, um, which many of us don't think about the risk, the risk management assets. It's like, hey, I'll trade more. I'll, make, I'll do more pairs, more portfolios, and I'll make more money. Well, there's more risk there too. More risk there too. Um, just said, I haven't done my back testing, but observations show me that the normal frequency is about less than 10 trades per year. Some pairs worse, some better, but you're right. I can just add in my portfolio until I add another strategy. Or do this. I mean, like, look, trade a different way. If, if you're not happy with the frequency of what you're trading and you don't want to trade it and, and wait until you add something else, find something else. I, I would rather you find something else than force something that isn't good. Again, the point that we started on is like, we don't want you trading live money with something that you're not good at. So the, the, the two options are either you put your trading on hold until you get good at it, continue to grow your skill until you get good at it, or trade what you're good at while becoming good or better at what you're not good at. And then once you get good at it, add it in. And that goes back to the, the, the original kind of conversation. It's like, if you're going to be waiting to add this thing regardless, if, you're, if you know you're not going to be able to trade these minor levels of structure because you're not good at it yet, would you rather put all of your trading on hold until you become good at it? Or would you rather be doing something that makes you money while learning? Because if you only have 10 trades a year, right? That's not a lot of time investment in the market. Would you guys agree? If you've got 10 trades a year off the portfolio, and I don't know if that's per pair, but let's just say 10 trades a year, that's, that's not a lot of time investment, right? I think we can agree that it probably doesn't require a lot of energy. You're probably coming in most days like, nope, 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 nothing, right? So yeah, as Bobby mentioned, that gives you more time to continue working. So you can, you can invest weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks in working on your craft. And then every once in a while that trade comes up, you're like, ooh, boom, and you take it. And you can be making money in the background while you're learning. And after that year, instead of having nothing for a year and then adding a new, uh, another part of your strategy, now you have a year where you've at least made something because you have those 10 trades. And assuming you have something with an edge, those 10 trades, the result is going to be positive. So a, a, a positive return on investment is always better than zero, Right. If you make 10% off of those 10 trades for the year, that's 10% more than you would have had trading nothing. Huh? Huh? Hmm? So think about it like that. Something is better than nothing. And yeah, you're right. Experience in the market. That, that's even more important. I, I can't believe I left it out, Bobby. Thank you. you you've gained a year of live trading experience. So you look at the, the balancing of the scales, right? I just finished watching Moon Knight, so I'm all about scales and balancing and eliminating bad people before they turn, but even though they're bad. Yeah. The scales all point to getting started as soon as you feel ready. I won't say as soon as you can, but as soon as you feel ready getting started with just something. 
and then continuing to add. Hope you enjoyed the show. Do me a favor. If you like the podcast, share it on your favorite social media app. It could be Twitter, it could be Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Tag me in it. Give me a share. That way I can hit that like button. I can retweet it or reshare it as well. Show you a little bit of love. But I appreciate the support and we're still trying to grow the show. So the more people we can tell about it, the more listeners we can get, the more ideas we can have, and the more awesome episodes I can create.